Yeah, I think I was lucky enough to harvest maybe eight animals last year. My goal last year was to do everything with a bow. I mean, they'll be texting me right away. Dude, let me get some of that meat, please. I need some of that. So a lot of these guys are starting to realize how healthy and, and beneficial it is to have the wild game meat. And we put together a year-long schedule of different hunts all over the United States, and we're like halfway booked up for everything already for 2018. If there is something you can think of, I guarantee if you type it into YouTube, you will find a video or something of somebody teaching you or, or giving you recommendations on that. She's like, man, I really want to do this. So I said, just go out, get your hunter safety done. Once you have that done, we will get you on a hunt. And we just brought another human being into the world of hunting. So this is cool. What's up, guys? This is Chad Mendez. You're listening to Living Country in the City, episode 54. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 54 of Living Country in the City. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We are here still at the International Sportsman's Expo, hanging out in the Fins and Feathers booth with Mr. Chad Mendez. What's going on, guys? (laughs) So, if you guys can't hear, we are in the middle of Duck Call Central. I've been hearing that for the last three and a half days straight, and I've been hearing it. I'm seriously hearing it in my sleep when I close my eyes at night. It's crazy. <laughs> I've been hanging out just around the corner with some guys over at the the um, foul, a real foul uh, booth, and yeah. and they've been uh, causing quite a bit of the ruckus themselves oh, yeah. too. But uh, every every year I I'm like. We're going to switch spots. We're going to move, and I end up right in the exact same spot with all the duck callers all around us. Uh, I'm going to have to make some power moves next year, I think. <laughs> well, you know, next year you'll just end up in the middle of all the elk callers. I know. So. I think I'd rather hear an elk bugle than duck and geese calls all day long. <laughs> but they I, are, don't I, don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a hit and miss, which will, uh, as long as the bugle tubes aren't coming out, yeah, I, exactly. I suppose it's hit and uh-huh. miss, which one's a little more shrill. But. <laughs> 
So thank you so much. I know you, uh, you got a lot going on. It's been a, been a busy weekend, so I appreciate you uh, taking yeah. the time to join me on the podcast. No but, worries. Um, one of the things I'm really excited to talk to you about is you're a fellow California boy. Um, you know, it's, I talk to a lot of people on this podcast, you know, and most of the, most of these folks are from out of state, from Montana, from these big Rocky mountain states that that are used to hunting. And so why don't you give me just maybe a little bit about your background, how you got, how you got into hunting? Um, so my dad actually was the one that got me into it. Um, he grew up hunting. He's actually was born and raised, well, born in, um, down in like Southern California, grew up there for a few years and then moved up to Hanford, California, which is like Central Valley uh, right here in California. So we grew, I went, when I was born, born and raised there, about five years old, six years old, I remember just kind of following my dad through the woods up, up in the Sierras, like above Fresno, hunting blacktail, um, hardly seeing anything at all. Lots <laughs> of people. We'd see tons and tons of people, but very little deer. Um, but that's, that's where it all started for me. Um, that was like Honestly, one of my favorite things to do as a kid, when my dad would tell us like Thursday or Friday, like, hey, we're going to get up really early Saturday morning. We're going to drive up to the mountains. We're going to hunt Saturday and Sunday, and then we'll come back. Like when he would say that, that was, I would like <laughs> go buck wild, you know? And um, so I really loved doing it. Just would just basically follow him around and, and kind of just pick up what he was doing. Um, and then when I was old enough, I think when I was 12, you know, I got my hunter safety and was like the day I think that I turned 12 was like, let's go do this, dad. Let's go do this. I want to hunt and uh, got it done and ended up killing my first deer um, ever. And it was with a bow. Um, it was pretty like a pretty crazy experience. Um, I, I ended up arrowing, arrowing him like head, like a, like a frontal shot and tracked this thing for like a mile and nice. really good blood ended up getting on him and, um, watched them expire and it was like I'd never seen anything like that before and I just remember feeling so many crazy emotions like I was super excited because I obviously know that I got them but watching them stand there and then tip over and die was like something I'd never seen before and was like like almost tore up inside really sad at the same time so um, that was kind of my first experience as a big game hunter myself but you know I just fell in love with it understood once we started gutting and cutting them all up and, and getting the meat home and you know, I understood what it was all about. So um, it's, it's definitely a passion of mine. I'm obsessed with it, actually. Um, I, I fight now in the UFC, um, and a lot of my teammates tease and just say that the reason why I fight is so I could afford all my hunting trips, and it's pretty much true. But, um, man, I, I absolutely love it. I think, that, I think that's true for most hunters. Our, our day jobs are solely to get mm-hmm. us from uh, one tag to the next. For sure. But, uh, you know... You said something really interesting. You know, you're talking a little bit about um, just seeing that that first deer expire and your feelings with that. And I think that's honestly something all hunters. One one common thread that I've heard from all hunters is it's that weird mix of sadness and 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 very. It's a solemn moment. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, there's that bit of melancholy because you've invested so much time and so much energy and effort into this animal you've gotten to know it practically yeah. oh yeah you've you've researched it and stalked it and all of this and um yeah it's not i mean i, I think a lot of people that don't hunt they don't really understand what hunting means to someone that is like really into it you know it's not like we crave the thrill of killing something the, the death part of it for me personally is not anything i'm ever excited about 
what I'm excited about is putting in the work, you know, shooting my bow day in and day out, making sure everything's fine-tuned with a rifle or whatever I'm using, practicing with it, and then being in shape and, and knowing your surroundings and, and the area that you're going to go in and hunt, um, you know, doing all the scouting, the prep work before. And then once you find that animal and it's, it's the moment of truth, being able to close the distance in their backyard and use all their major senses against yours to be able to get in within range to kill them is, you know, that's what it's all about for me. And then also filling my freezer with, with organic free-range meat that I live off of throughout all my training camps. Um, I'd say probably 85 to 90% of the meat that I eat is all wild game that I've harvested. And I'd say the rest of it's probably, you know, if we have friends that come into town or something and, or someone, if we are out of town that wants to just go grab dinner, that's probably the, the rest of the meat that I eat. But I don't ever just go to the store and buy steaks or, or meat like that. I, I have freezers full of it. So that's the reward part for me, and I, that's why I love it. Well, you know, and I mean, obviously fighting, you have to stay in rather peak shape at any given time. And is there, there's no better meat when it comes down to it. I oh, mean, yeah. it's the leanest, cleanest. Yep. And I've been living off it now for so long that, you know, people are like, oh, I, I can't handle the gaminess. But I, I typically do not taste it. And I think, you know, the word gaminess is just, it's overplayed and overused. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a different flavor. If you're comparing it to beef obviously it's not going to taste exactly the same as beef you know they're not they're not being grain fed and and pumped full of all kinds of weird stuff and you know and and living inside of a pen they're they're having to work use their muscles you know so there's going to be a different taste to it but if you do your research and you you actually like look into how to properly prepare wild game it's amazing man and i absolutely love cooking and it's probably from cutting weight for as many years <laughs> that i've done but not being able to eat and watching cooking shows and just drooling over it but uh, my dad's always been a great cook and watching him in the kitchen i've you know kind of stole some of his ideas and recipes and i love cooking i do most of the cooking in my household and um man it's it's good so yeah the 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 wild game stuff is it's intriguing to me to try to come up with creative new ways to make it taste amazing you know i've done uh i've done a podcast with uh, a buddy of mine jeremiah dowdy uh, from field to plate who's mm-hmm. oh, his yeah. specialty oh you I know, know. Yeah, yeah yeah he's a great guy another california another california oh, yeah. boy and so uh, i actually still some of his recipes as well <laughs> i'll see him post something he just texted me uh like two days ago to show this burger that he did and i was it looked like something out of a carl's jr commercial oh, yeah. it's just like like sauces dripping out of it and all the juices flowing i'm like oh man i get so mad at him sometimes like he'll post stuff up on his instagram story i'm like i'm like sitting there at the office with (laughs) with you know some like chipotle or something because i'm running between stuff and like dude i I hate you so much for that right now (laughs) and i mean the cooking looks amazing but his his uh, ability to plate it and take photos of it. I mean, taking pictures of food and making it looks good, look good is it's an art. It's an art form, dude. It's tough. But oh yeah, he he kills it. No, he's a good guy too. Uh, we've we had a lot of fun on that podcast. But uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. <laughs> so um, you've done a lot of hunting. What uh, what's what's your style? Do you prefer bow hunting, rifle? Um, I mean, I've grown I've grown up doing both, but. I'd say probably the last four or five years, the archery side of it has really been a little more intriguing to me. Um, you know, I, I've I've harvest been lucky enough to harvest some some amazing animals, and I don't know, just the the mindset of being able to, like I said, sneak in to bow range on any type of animal is it's it's super super hard, and it's 
you know, something that, it, I don't know, just really intrigues me these days. So the archery side of it has definitely grown more on me. I always tell people, you know, I've got a lot of friends that rifle and they've never picked up bows. And, um, you know, I've, once again, I'm, I'm brand new at all this. I'm, you know, went on my first backcountry hunt last year, but I've been shooting, shooting a bow for a couple of years now. And I tell them, I'm like, my rifle's getting awfully dusty. Yeah, oh yeah. I, you know, there's just something about it, something primal and the added challenge and just, I don't know, oh, everything yeah. about it. Yeah, I think I was lucky enough to harvest maybe eight animals last year. And my goal last year was to do everything with a bow. And I ended up doing that, except for one mule deer in Utah I ended up killing with a rifle. But, I mean, it ended up being a really, really good year for me. And uh, I was pretty proud. I've never done that before. And going into the season, I, you know, I set the goal. I got my bow all dialed, and I was just shooting. It's funny because I'm, like, I'm in the city, so I'm shooting in my cul-de-sac. My neighbors always just come out. Sometimes they just come out and sit and watch. They're just like the, uh, my, my neighbor that's like three doors down has a, a few younger daughters, and they're always loving to watch me shoot. And so they'll come out and just kind of sit there and watch me as I fling a few <laughs> arrows in the, in the cul-de-sac. I have, like, a couple of hay bales set up against my fence with, with some targets. And, but, yeah, man, just pr- practicing and, and being able to do that and, and go out and harvest those animals with the bow this year was, was cool, super cool to me. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir with that. I, I have a little apartment in the middle of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, we've got this, like, private alleyway in the back, and it's kind of closed off at both ends. Like and there's, Nobody walk out. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, like, inside. this one big shipping container at the end, and so I've got a nice backstop, and there's only one way in. It's this gate, and if I stand next to the gate, I get 20 yards. Oh, perfect. And so I can at least get some time behind <laughs> yeah. the bow. Otherwise, I'm driving, you know, 45 minutes to Pasadena yeah. to, yep. to go shoot at the nearest range, but... So how is it, what's your opinion of being a hunter in California? What's, what's kind of been the reactions you get? You talked a little yeah. bit about, you know, your, mm-hmm. uh, your buddies you fight with, uh, giving you crap. Yeah. Just about, you know, going from you tag know, to tag. But. In, in my line of work, at least here in Sacramento, a lot of the guys on my team, you know, they've never been around the hunting and the outdoor stuff. We have maybe one or two that have. Um, Tyler Diamond actually is one of them. Um, he's, he's pretty ate up just like me. He loves hunting, <laughs> loves fishing. Um, but other than that, like a lot of the other guys aren't really into the hunting and outdoor world, but I think they see me doing it and, and, and cooking these amazing meals at night where when I get, when I'm on a hunt and they see me post something like a harvest picture or something, I mean, they'll be texting me right away. Dude, let me get some of that meat, please. I need some of that. (laughs) So a lot of these guys are starting to realize how healthy and, and beneficial it is to have the wild game meat through their training camp. So, I mean, when I get back, usually I'm like, if I can come back to the gym for training, I'll bring like an ice chest or, you know, just little bags, like goodie bags and hand them out to all my teammates. Like, here you go. Here's, here's some elk and deer. Here's some, you know, ducks Here's some geese. Um, and so that's, that's pretty cool to me. Actually, you know, obviously I love eating it and, and, and being able to cook the stuff myself, but seeing other people, um, enjoy it as much as I do that maybe don't hunt and being able to share it with them. I mean, that, that means the world to me as well. So, um, I absolutely love doing that. And, you know, these, it, it's, I think hunters from California kind of get a bad rap. Like, oh, there's nothing there. You, you guys are on, you know, it's all beaches and, and palm trees. <laughs> what are you hunting out there? But we actually have quite a few species here in California to hunt. Um, I just think most of it comparative to other states, you know, the herd populations of like deer and stuff aren't as, as heavily populated. But our bear population is insane. Our waterfowl hunting is, is, you know, some of the best in the world. We have a ton of turkeys. Um, you know, I'd say probably our deer and elk compared to like Utah or some of those other states doesn't compare. But, you know, growing up I here. I always do like to remind people, though, 
We do have elk that no one else in the United States has. We have those Thule elk. Exactly. Not yep. that any of us will are likely to get a, a tag in, a, in our lifetime. Uh-huh. But uh, I know. That's that's the tough part is getting those tags is, <laughs> is pretty tough. But we do have some pretty cool Thule elk. I've actually seen some in, in person, some monsters. And, it, you know, you still, you're just always just, like, blown away when you come across them. Because, A, you're not used to seeing that type of stuff in California. So when you do see it, you're like, whoa. But also we have black-tailed deer, which, you know, mm-hmm. on the West Coast basically is one of the only places you can kill those in the world in, in, in Alaska. So, like I said earlier, we are at the Sports Expo in the Fins and Feathers booth. And... Uh, Got a nice little little run, you know. Got a lot of guys here wanted to want to get some Heck photos, yeah. some autographs. Uh, had to take a little break there. We had a nice little wave <laughs> pull in, so that's good. Not good a for ba- sales, good for business. Yeah, not a bad problem to have. You guys are selling out of the shirts. I I had to make sure to get mine uh, <laughs> in that break before they're all sold out. I appreciate so. it, man. Thank you for the support. So you know, speaking of that, we're here at the Fins and Feathers booth. You have a slightly unique uh, mm-hmm. day job compared to many of the other. <laughs> <laughs> other, it feels weird calling that the day job, right? But, yeah. Um, compared to a lot of my other guests, and that also ties in with uh, with Fins and Feathers. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how this all came about and what it is? Yeah. So Fins and Feathers is a, is a business me and a good buddy of mine started. Um, so basically, what it is is you know we put together a year-long schedule of different hunts all over the United States. And we even go to, like, New Zealand for, like, red stag and stuff like that. But we have a mix of species. We, we do elk, uh, mule deer, whitetail. Um, you know, we do stuff like, like turkey, waterfowl. Um, we go to Florida for gators and pigs. We do helicopter hog hunting out of Texas. Um, we even have some really cool fishing trips, like out of San Diego, where we go after tuna, yellowtail, um, stuff like that. Uh, but what makes it unique is we have about 20 different celebrity pro staff members. We, um, we have a mix of different UFC fighters. Um, we have some pro baseball, basketball, football players, actors, um, um, professional snowboarders, professional shooters. So just PBR riders, kind of a mix of different uh, athletes. And we book clients on all the trips, and then we'll put one or two of those celebrity athletes on the trips with the client. So they get to not only go do a cool hunt, but now they get to do it hanging out with, you know, maybe one of these guys they see on TV or, you know, someone maybe uh, um, they look up to or, you know, in a sport or something like that. So it just makes it a new and unique experience. No one else was really doing it in the space. So we uh, launched it back in 2015 with just high hopes that it would take off, not knowing what, you know, what people <laughs> would think of it. And, man, the last two years have been un- unbelievable. We've completely booked out um, both 2016 and 2017 um, we launched our 2018 schedule, uh, schedule in December of this last year, and we're like halfway booked up for everything already for 2018. So um, it's it's been unbelievable. Um, this, the response that we've got from people is pretty cool, um, you know, and just being able to travel all over the place and meet new people and, and get to go on hunts and, and make, make a living off of it is a dream come true for me. So, um, you know, I love fighting. I love competing. You know, and that's something I'm still focused on now. Um, but I can only do that for so many years. You know, I, I can only probably fight till I'm 36, 37 years old is what I've always told myself. Um, you know, and that's coming up soon within the next, I'm 32 now. So I wanted to build something now and get it up and running and started, build the clientele and, and, um, build the brand with it while, while I'm still fighting so that when I'm done, I have it to fall back on and not have to build it up after. So that's what we're doing now, what I've been doing the last two years and have, have been in love with it. 
So do you have any uh, any favorite hunt stories from uh, from guiding with some of these guys? Yeah, I mean, there's there's been um, a complete mix of um, people. Our clientele is, is pretty all over the board. We have a lot of brand new beginner hunters, um, and then we have some that you know have been hunting most of their lives, and everybody in between. So, you know, I personally enjoy taking a lot of people that have never hunted before. Um, because they're the type of people that just kind of, you know, they listen to you. They're like soaking it all in. They, they obviously, they don't have high expectations. And, um, you know, sometimes when there's money involved with buying a hunt, you know, there's some people that are super, super picky and I understand it. Um, you know, and the guys that are, and girls that are beginner hunters, um, you know, they just don't have any standards. So, (laughs) you know, you're just going out there and, and it's, it's getting back to the root of what hunting is all about and that's being in the field and enjoying the moment and and enjoying the chase and the hunt of it instead of always looking for a score or size of something you know what i mean so um it has been fun the the clientele is it's pretty like i said all over the board so it makes it interesting for us no definitely i think you know i mean and coming from the perspective of a beginning hunter you know i've gone out on my first hunt in september and uh, you know, a couple since then, and they have been complete disasters for the most part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think uh, as a beginning hunter, keeping in mind, you know, just those measures of success and what, what you're really out there for, you know, I mean, if you're just out there to kill something, you could you can do that just about anywhere and pretty pretty easy if that's what it's about. But if you're out there for the adventure and, and, and being part of, part of something, and yeah. I think... Uh, I think keeping in mind those true measures of success, what makes for a successful hunt is really important. And Exactly. Yeah, we, I mean, we've had clients like one lady in particular, she had never hunted before and was a fan of my fighting, but then just kind of fell in love with all my posting of all the different meals and stuff that I'm cooking, all the wild game stuff, seeing how, you know, hunts go down when I do like the semi-lives and stuff like that, watching all my YouTube stuff. She's like, man, I really want to do this. So I said, just go out, get your hunter safety done. Once you have that done, we will get you on a hunt. She went out right then and there and got her hunter <laughs> safety finished. You know, it was a course. She did it. She's like, I got it. Let's do a hunt. So last year we put her on our wild boar hunt here in Central California. And, you know, she was um, partially handicapped. She was walking with um, um, like crutches basically. Um, it was pretty difficult for her to get around, which, you know, makes it really tough to hunt. We were trying to get her up and down these, you know, the rolling foothills out there. Um, and it made tough, made it tough because she couldn't really get down on her knees to, you know, lay, or you couldn't lay down to go prone or it was tough for her to get on her knees to shoot from like uh, low shooting sticks. So we had to just make sure everything was perfect. Um, and she ended up getting on multiple pigs. One, she actually took a shot at. Um, at about 100 yards and shot right over him. Um, but like I said, that was her first time ever doing that. So she didn't end up killing a pig, but I ended up getting one for her. I shot one, filled my tag, and I, I gave it to her so she could take some meat home. But she also got the full experience of going on the hunt, seeing what it's all about, getting in that moment of the truth where it's, you know, there's an animal right in your crosshairs, like your heart rate racing and um, you know, and her getting to feel all that. So that was really cool. She fell in love with it. She's like, I want to do it again. This was unbelievable. Um, and she's apologizing the whole time oh, for she, not being able to yeah. do it. I'm like, that, you don't need to apologize. You know, I'm just so excited that you went out and got your hunter safety done. And we just brought another human being into the world of hunting. So this is cool. That's got to be the most rewarding feeling. Like somebody that struggles for an entire hunt, doesn't manage to fill a tag, 
but still is thanking you for the experience oh, yeah. and wants to go out and do it again. Yeah. That's, that's got to be the most rewarding feeling, knowing, you know, it knowing is. they and, understand what it's yeah, about. Yeah, and, you know, getting into the, the world of guiding, you know, uh, I, I don't necessarily want to be just a full-time guide by any means, but being able to do that with people and just be there on the hunt with them is, you know, that's what makes this all worthwhile for me. I absolutely love hunting. I love being in the outdoors. I love being around people that love it as well. But seeing someone like that that had never done it and helping them and, like, showing them what it's all about, like, I mean, it's it's something I absolutely love. No, that's really great. So uh, you mentioned uh, most of the 28s come pretty close to being booked up. Mm-hmm. Um, if people wanted to see what you guys have left, uh, find out more info about Fins and Feathers, uh, where can they where can they go online to find you? So we have a website, finsandfeathers.com, and both fins and feathers are spelt with a Z. Um, but finsandfeathers.com, we have a schedule page on there, and so each year we'll update that, and you know we'll rotate some trips. Sometimes trips will be um, repeats of the year before, but we like trying to mix it up a little bit. We'll add a couple trips maybe um, year to year. Um, um, and just kind of keep it interesting and new for people. But um, the schedule page will be there. It'll tell you what hunt it is, the dates that hunt takes place, um, what possible celebrities will be on that. And when I say possible, the only reason we'll have celebrities booked on it, but we tell people just keep in mind with, with everybody's training schedules, fight schedules, acting schedules, whatever it is, things come up. And so sometimes they have to back out on that trip, but we always fill someone in on that trip so there'll always be a celebrity on the trip with you um it'll tell you the price per um per trip per person and then it also tells you how many spots are left so the schedule page will tell you all that information and so do you have uh, like if cancellations come up or just, uh, new opportunities come up those will also pop up posted in there so people should check back fairly regularly it's exactly not- yep yeah we'll have that number updated uh, quite frequently so yeah if somebody happens to back out um, that number will be added back to it. I also post usually on my social media stuff like, hey, guys, we just had a cancellation for this tag or this hunt. If anyone's interested, make sure you shoot us an email um, at finsandfeathers.com, and I'll, I'll keep people updated that way as well. Sounds good. So that's finsandfeathers with two Zs.com and finsandfeathers, two Zs on Instagram as well. Yeah, finsandfeathers guides, guides. on Instagram. Guides yep, fins on and feathers guides. Awesome. And I'll make sure uh, to tag this in the show notes page. That'll be livingcountryinthecity.com slash 54. So one thing about this podcast is it's really geared towards new hunters or, you know, folks like myself who really weren't raised in it or maybe from the city and just feel like they don't have access to the outdoors or really the ability to go, go on these big hunts. Somebody came up to you and was like, you know, Chad, I always thought it would be really cool to go on a, go on a hunt, but I'm just... I don't know where to start. I don't know what to learn. There's just too much. I'm super intimidated. What would you say to that person? What words of wisdom or advice or recommendations would you give? You know, this day and age, there's so many tools with the internet. I mean, you can pretty much find anything you need to find online. I mean, if there's, especially stuff like YouTube. I mean, if there's, if there's something you can think of, I guarantee if you type it into YouTube, you will find a video or something of somebody teaching you or, or giving you recommendations on that. And I'll be honest, I learned a lot of stuff that from, my, that from my own personal life, you know, as far as the hunting goes, on YouTube. Um, and, you know, I think that's a, a huge key. I know um, Go Hunt, uh, Lorenzo Sartini is a good buddy of mine. He runs that company, and that 
is a, a insanely cool tool for people that want to learn about new areas, want to find um, you know landowner tags or or um, public property type stuff where where you can get the draw odds if you're putting in for a tag or it's a huge key and reference for getting that type of stuff figured out. So if anyone's interested, you can go check that out. I'll admit, I, I live and die by Go Hunt. Yeah, I man, mean, I'm on there every awesome. day. Easy. Mm-hmm. And yep. it, it, it is. It's super simple to use. It, it's like, okay, I want to hunt elk. Tap on the big elk photo. <laughs> yeah. I want to hunt in Idaho. Tap on the big Idaho. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's, it, I mean, it's idiot simple to do. It it, is. If I can do it, <laughs> pretty much anyone can figure this out. And so. it, it definitely is a huge tool, right? I mean, that, that's pretty cool. Um, but like I said, so the YouTube, anything online, I mean, Google knows all. You can find pretty much anything you need to find online and then um, check out Go Hunt too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I want to thank you so much for uh, hopping on the podcast with me today, man. I know it's, uh, it's been a busy, busy weekend yeah, no for worries. you. So I appreciate you taking the time out. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries at all, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. All right, man. Thank you. A lot. Oh, oh, shoot. Reflexes of a cat. Yes. <laughs> oh.